Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and cults. cults. Oh my God. My name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. My name is Tony. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process, and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it happening? Is it, is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? like went to Olive Garden <laughs> and it was me, my mom, my sister, my brother and you I came out of Olive Garden? That's the fucking gayest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know! I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it... I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's right. That's... There uh... Are three of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony, for that very <laughs> prolific and and that was beautiful, <laughs> inspirational, fantastic, Honestly, amazing. Wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> Welcome to it's our turn. Queer than cults. 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 I did it. <laughs> cults. Yay. God, you know what? I've got to look up that applause. 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 Uh, the applause um, sound effect doesn't matter. I say it every week. We need to stop. Okay. Sure do. Sure. Um, we have we have a guest today, not a stranger to the show, but still. Where? But not yeah. not a stranger. Yeah. Her? Yeah. Oh. Who is she? Who is she? Who is, Who is she? she? It's we got the we got the trifecta here. Yeah. We oh got yeah. The, we got the Trinity. Yeah. The, the <laughs> holy Trinity. Yes. <laughs> the trigger warning. Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Trigger warning. Talking about Trinities, uh, and not Trinity K. Bonet. Uh, she's a drag queen. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Thank you for queer. Thanks for sharing that. to that the was class. Great. Yeah. Queer Thank explaining. you so much. <laughs> that really helped. Our listeners have no idea who drag. You know what? Before Get out. <laughs> okay. Bye. It's been a great show. <laughs> My name is Aiden. My pronouns are they, them. Hi, my name is Tony. My pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm Annalise. My pronouns are she, they. Sure. Sure. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They I'm change. A, yeah. They absolutely change. It's 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 a spectrum, yo. Yeah, yeah it's a spectrum. It's a um, it's an ever-evolving spectrum. Spectrum. This okay. is going to be Can a great wow. show. We're all like so overtired and so overcaffeinated. Strap in, folks. It's yeah. going to be a good strap one. In, strap, strap on. on. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I know you were both going to do that? Oh my god. We're the same person. We're the same person in the best way possible. So strap we're going to talk about things that um, um, 
kind of involved religion, kind of involved trauma, you know, our two favorite topics. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm typing things. Can you hear? Sure can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to take notes. I'm trying to be... Perfect. Why is it rumble? <laughs> it's, it's loud. It's sensitive. <laughs> it makes sounds when you touch it, just like so I do. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the this one who I'm the one who keeps us on track though. Come on, let's yeah, go. Without one, you two, here, three. Tony and I just There is no track. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm just babysitting this <laughs> episode. You are absolutely babysitting this Screw episode. Screw my story. I'm just yeah. babysitting. That's all this <laughs> is. Yes, we would love so we would love to hear your story if you would like to tell it. I, I always say that we love to hear everyone's story. It's never a requirement and you can tell as much or as little. Um, as you uh, would like to, but we 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 just we love to hear people's experiences and uh, what their experiences with toxic religion, and then also if you would like to tell like how you've grown or the things that have helped or you know where you are now that kind of thing. So yes, and remind to the listeners do, which religion you grew up into. Oh yes. yeah, what's that? Yes. What's which one? Roman Catholicism. <gasps> Yes, I can't believe this is my third time on this show. I think I've maybe like dropped once or twice that I grew up Catholic, but like I took I took a very um, you know, clear cut TLDR, grew up Catholic, now followed the great recovering Catholic path of I'm like a, a goth wicked now, which I feel like is what happens to uh, most of us recovering oh, Catholics, yeah. I, you know, I, depression I, and then <laughs> upgrades people, upgrades. Witchcraft, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just reorganized, I finally got a bookshelf and reorganized, um, like actually organized all my books and I have a whole like solid shelf section of just witchcraft books, just like, like, Love that for yeah, you. yeah, yes. it's really fantastic. You Pagan witchcraft, um, like spell books, all of it. Love oh, it. to prepare today, like last night, I was like, I'm gonna pull some cards, and I like did the whole bit. And here's what's here's what's really interesting, in my opinion. This is something I thought about last night. I, you know, I got my 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 witch set out to like mm-hmm. do a little reading, and it's been a minute, so I'm like, cool. I got my smudge bowl. I got my my pine bundle and my white sage. I got my my amethyst out and you know did like a, a cleansing because amethyst is your water stone and you know mm-hmm. the cool thing about Wicca is you can kind of take tailor it to whatever works for you. So I like go through this whole ritual. I'm like, oh, I feel so reset. And you know what? The ritual of Wicca I think is comforting because that's it's kind of the same structure as Catholicism because Catholicism oh. like mass mm-hmm. is so. Witchcraft? Ritualistic, yeah. It's like I'm it's, already... It's, <laughs> I feel like it's the same coin, just yeah. two different yeah. sides. Yeah. I, uh, that's... Y- yes. Only it's okay to be a woman, so... Yeah. I'm, already getting ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already getting ahead of my story here. It's not misogyny, you know, <laughs> Yeah, involved. right. <laughs> that's the thing about what I realized when I, like, started diving into a little bit of witchcraft, but which my, my main, like, <clears throat> entry point into witchcraft has been uh, tarot cards, and I realized that the ritual... And the ritual and the that structure is very soothing and comforting, especially for someone who's come from religion mm-hmm. and kind of only knows one way to get to spirituality. Yeah. And that provides a way to get there without having to go through all of the, you know, down all the halls of trauma, you know, exactly. kind of thing. So, yeah, it's really it's it's and I think that's why so many people do end up turning to witchcraft, because it's, it, you know, it's not as problematic or if problematic at all. I mean, again, religion is, religion, a lot of the fundamentals are problematic, but what makes it so toxic are the people, mm-hmm. you know? So again, witchcraft will only be as toxic as the, as the person doing it. 
just like anything. Mm -hmm. So, but also it's just like fundamentally Satanism is kind of the same thing. Like you think Satanism is so bad, but when you actually like look at the 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 tenants or the the I think it's called the the of the Satanic Temple. All yes, of it, they're okay. beautiful. They're amazing. I do want to point out there is a difference between the Satanic Temple, which you're talking about with the like great tenants, and um, what was previously known as the Church of Satan. Yes. If anyone different. wants to mm -hmm. fall down that rabbit hole, tread carefully because there is a huge difference. But that's a perfect yeah. example between Satanic Temple and Church of Satan. Exactly like you said, like depends on what hands the. Uh, I don't want to say the power is in, but the 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 outcome is yeah. in. The intention. That's the word I wanted. Yes. The intention is in. Mm. So Yeah, the first time I read the like the basically what the the Ten Commandments of um I think it's the Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple, yeah, yes. Is I was like, fuck, these are these are actually what Christianity claims to be, but aren't. I know. You know what I'm right? saying? <laughs> yeah. This is what they they say they are, but then they don't act like that at all yeah only the the huge difference at least from my upbringing is um there is no shame or guilt in the quest for knowledge i mean looking at like the fruit of the tree it was like mm -hmm. not like god doesn't want you to have knowledge like time out wait why <laughs> wait a fucking second yeah you want so being smart is the first sin uh -oh. no, knowing <laughs> things is the first sin not being <laughs> slaves to god is a sin. <laughs> yeah, being self-aware is a sin. Seems mm -hmm. sus, Yahweh. I don't know. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a positive, healthy relationship to me. Oh. that is like step one of abusive relationships. Is oh yeah. Don't learn anything and don't talk to anyone. And mass I, genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Top three. Yes, yes. Got them right Top there. three. Right there. <laughs> yes. Fuck. It's just. Oh, you know, I do a podcast about this subject and still it boggles my mind when I think about it every single fucking time. Yeah. <sighs> so Anyways, growing up yeah. <laughs> growing up Catholic, sorry if I just have a couple questions. I kinda won't so growing up Catholic, um assume there was like rituals and stuff like that. Yeah, so um my my Catholic upbringing was like one of those things that kind of ramped up. So I'm very unique as an American child in the sense that I'm a child of divorce, which, you know, no one is. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Um, so unique. <laughs> yeah, so just, wow. Yeah, you had that experience. Well, and like 47% of other children yeah. in the United States. Wow. Listen, I wish I was a child of divorce, okay? Uh -huh. my. Well, yes. see, now, and there's <laughs> there's the other coin of religion. Mm -hmm. But so, so yeah, that was that was something that was a, uh, an interesting staple. So the older I got, um, I remember being really young and... You know, I'm from a family of Irish people. So, like, Catholicism is what everyone grew up with. Like, both of my parents were went to Catholic school when they were kids. Like, it was very much a thing. And then right about the time my parents split when I was really young, um, my dad got more and more invested into the church, whereas my mom took more of a, a spiritualistic mm -hmm. path. So she got really in touch with our Native American heritage. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting because kind of, like, between houses, I actually got... It was like having two different worlds, which is something that really woke me up from Catholicism. But when I was in it, I will say um, the ritual was very intense and very constant. I feel like I'm constantly trying to explain it to my partner who grew up without religion that, you know, a lot of, of practicing Catholicism is honestly like knowing your mythology is part of it because Catholics have saints. And if you're unfamiliar with the concept of saints, it's... um. 
religious Pokemon. Like there's uh, a million and yeah. twelve of them. Religious <laughs> 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 Pokemon, I love that. There's a million and twelve of them, and like, yeah, I I went to mass every single Sunday from you know as for as long as I can remember, and even when I was at my mom's, you know, my my grandmother was a huge part of my life. So part of my parents' divorce agreement was like, hey, the the kids have to go to mass every single week, regardless of whose house they're at or if you believe it. Um, and I was kind of the odd man out because my my sister was very, very participant in the church. She's, as far as I know, very devout to this day. Whereas I kind of started to ask questions when I was really young because I knew early on that I was queer. Mm-hmm. And a fascinating thing about the relationship between that and the ritual was probably about middle school. I kind of really started to identify. Like, I always knew I was queer. I just didn't know there was a word for it because yeah. in that world it was not... It was not discussed as anything other than sinful or, or not even sinful. It was a choice that you made mm. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a very much a choice that you made. So when I kind of started understanding that, I just didn't say it out loud for the longest time. I just like didn't know. Yeah. And my but, sister and I had like differing lifestyles because I went to public school. My sister went to Catholic school and I was like the problem kid. So mm. when I was growing up Catholic, I would like spend my weekends in my home life, like dressing a certain way, expected to behave a certain way, like super submissive to my parents and always kind of like pl- honestly putting on uh, a very womanly role. Like I was raised to be a mother and a wife. Excuse me, groomed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. And achievement unlocked. Call it what it is. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's how I was raised. So, Then, you know, I would go to school and I was in like an inner city public school, which I'm also really thankful for the same. I'm same way I'm thankful for my mother's spirituality is I got lucky being indoctrinated from a very, very young age in something as intense as Catholicism with its gender roles and its expectations for not even judgments of queerdom. Yes. and, And all there is to it. And then I had like this second life that was. You know, my mom's teaching me about our, our Native American roots and Mother Earth and Father Sky. And at school, I'm being exposed to all kinds of different people, people of color, people with, you know, gay parents, all these different things. So it was like out in the world where I was actually growing, I learned difference and tolerance. And then I would get home and go through a rosary. And uh, I, I, from a young age, before I even knew, I remember being like eight years old. I was sitting outside of a Planned Parenthood with my father and sister holding a pro-life sign. Oh, my God. Yep. Had no idea what it was. Had no idea what it was. Like, all these beliefs got, like, so pushed into me. And then as I got older and I started asking questions, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't start asking questions. And it it created a lot of contention. And, uh, yeah, it affected, afflicted. My mm-hmm. mental health for a long time because yeah. there was so much shame. I was like, okay, I am different. I feel as though I'm living in a in a duality. And like every time I'd pray a rosary or do Eucharistic adoration, which is exactly what it sounds like. You you kneel in front of the Eucharist for like an hour or more at a time. <laughs> I was going to say that doesn't mean anything to me. What the fuck yeah, is a like, Eucharist? <laughs> yeah. Exactly what it sounds like. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what it sounds uh. like. Oh, no. So, yeah, they literally take a piece of blessed Eucharist and they put it in... um. What's a Eucharist? What is Eucharist? Eucharist? Yeah. Oh, Eucharist is a communion. 
That's the oh. the body is. Oh my gosh, is that a Catholic word? See, I'm so deep yeah. in it that like as I get even I as I get older, I've never heard that term. Yep, Eucharist. That's what that's what the Catholics call it. Well, we had communion. I was raised Pentecostal. We had mm -hmm. communion, but it was just called communion. Yeah, yeah we refer to um or hmm? uh oh, what Catholics refer to. <laughs> Communion. Oh, 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 yeah, we've all been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as as the Eucharist. I mean, that's Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> no, not me. Not me at all. Well, it's hard because especially when you're born and raised in it, it does, it is your identity. Oh, like, absolutely. It is. And yeah. even when I started questioning the church or something, like, I remember even asking my dad about my parents' divorce and, like, Catholics don't really recognize divorce spiritually. They recognize it legally. But spiritually, you know, I would ask my mom, I'm like, you know, why did this, why did this happen? And she's like, you know, we just couldn't. We just couldn't work it out. There were too many differences. And then I'd ask my dad, why did this happen? He's like, well, your mom and I are still married in the eyes of God. Which but as like a seven-year-old is the single most confusing thing yeah. to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah, was just kind of like. Yeah, but she all fucking people, so <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? <laughs> right? And well, like, mom's cheating on you. Yeah. <laughs> God. That sounds like such a, like, I can 100% see like our church doing that the, although we wouldn't say something like that we just like basically pretended like the other person didn't exist mm -hmm. or like it never happened kind of thing you know just real quick i uh I, I remember mentioning in um one of the shows that like when you're queer and, and you're raised in a church-like setting or a religious setting that demonizes you for being queer you're more likely to ha start asking questions you're yeah. more likely to get out i feel like because you have to you're forced because you can't you can't change your sexuality mm -hmm. Thank you. you can't just wake up and be like oh i can get rid of that i can mm -hmm. become a straight hetero cis male i try it doesn't work hetero hetero but you have this <laughs> so you're forced because the religion that you grow up in is literally hates you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to the bad place. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. of your queerness. So you're forced to question things. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, and Which in. Is, sorry, oh. didn't mean to interrupt. The, it's so interesting because I didn't question things because the, the particular type of um, <clears throat> the. Like I th I've said before on the, sh on the show that we weren't taught that being gay was bad. We were taught it wasn't real. So that like it w we we had this belief that like um, smoking, drinking and being gay were all on the same thing. Like addiction wasn't a thing. Addiction was only a thing if you weren't like it's like we genuinely believed Ooh. that if and it's <laughs> constant. I mean, constant stories. You would think that the only thing people ever did outside of church was drink, smoke and and have gay sex, which, you know, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if that you know is what? your life. Upon reflection, they weren't as inaccurate <laughs> as I thought. Yeah, so, yeah, that's exactly the thing. Because, um, so I was, like I said, like from a very young age, like Catholicism was just around me. Um, so for, I don't know, the first like six, seven years of my life, I remember being like a pretty hardcore like Jesus kid, like mm -hmm. we listened to gospel. I read all my like picture book Bible stories and I was very much caught up in the like, Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah. And then right around the time, so like first grade is in Catholicism, that's your first communion. That's the first time you receive the Eucharist. So mm -hmm. you're baptized, then you have your first communion uh, preceded by your first act of reconciliation. Yeah, your first confession 
Yeah. So, Why do you have to confess at five years old? Oh, listen. I Okay, put a pin in that because Actually. I have so many things to say about the act of confession. But yeah, yes. so it goes baptism, communion, and then confirmation. So in that time, you're in catechism like through that whole period. So, you know, birth, baptism, up till you're about six or seven, first communion, and then you get confirmed in high school. And confirmation is basically... At that point, you're pretty much like saying, like, I am Catholic and I'm going to stay Catholic. I've studied my catechism. I know what I'm going to do. You pick a patron saint whose life you want to emulate and then you adopt another name. So, like, you know, for instance, um, if I had been confirmed, which I was not because I left before then, you know, I would have become, you know, Annalise, middle name, patron saint goes here, last name. Like, that's kind of how you become addressed in the church is, like, by your patron saint. Did you choose one? Ooh. I did not because around um, my first communion, I remember that was a really difficult time in my parents' divorce. So that was the first time where I was faced with – I was so excited, you know, in church to be like – I'm like, okay, I'm finally doing this. This feels like such a big deal. And then because of where my parents' divorce was at, they couldn't, they couldn't both attend events – like, the, my parents could not be around each other. So I had to choose which parent I wanted to have there, Oof. which was intense. I ultimately, um, I my, my dad was there and then my grandmother was there. Um, and God rest her soul, she was my very best friend in the world. I miss her every day. She was an amazing person. I love you, Lorraine. But she showed up for me that day and helped. Like, they literally, they walk you down the aisle. It's essentially, yeah. At like six, like seven years old, it's Jesus. like a, it's a marriage to Jesus is exactly what it is. You, you get a special little white dress. You get a special pair of gloves. You get what? all kinds of gifts and everything like that's that's what it is. Um, you know, like the concept of a, a Jewish bat mitzvah. Mm -hmm. it's, okay. it's it's sort of it's sort of similar. But this is like six or seven. It's where, you know, it's celebrated that like, hey, your life is going to God now you've chosen to to keep doing this which like how chosen. are you going to make that how are you going to make that kind of decision at 6 years old yeah. like you're, you're just hearing all these great stories yeah, yeah exactly so i remember being walked down this aisle and that was the first time i had doubt which of course i was conditioned to believe was sinful but i was like this doesn't feel right like god would not make a day that's so beautiful this hard that i couldn't have both of my parents here and that was my mm -hmm. first like seed of doubt. At this point, I already had an inkling I was queer, but definitely had not heard the world because that was that was something that was considered part of the secular world. Yeah. So there was there was our world, and then there was the secular world yeah. where everything was villainized: drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, uh, homosexuality, like anything other was just breathing considered. too quickly in succession. Like it, exactly. whatever you could fucking come up with was a sin, you know? Exactly, and that's all in the secular world. So then after my first communion. When I cont continued into catechism to prepare for confirmation, the narrative totally switched gears. And it went from Jesus loves me, this I know, to you should fear God and here's why, because he loves you. And I was like, oh, what? What? Well, yeah. yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't really feel that. And that's when I really started asking questions about that time. You know, I was finishing elementary school, I stuck with catechism. And then as I went into middle school, I hit puberty. And when I hit puberty, Everything about how I was talked to was changed. Like I was a woman now, and I puberty hit me. Puberty hit me. Excuse me. Pretty young, mm -hmm. 
And I just remember immediately being like, okay, now we're going to have to do uh, sexual education at home. Like, this is how you need to dress now. I need to to dress code check you every day before you walk out the door so that I wasn't seen as an object of desire. I had to be very conservative and very modest. And it it was, yeah, it was really kind of one of those moments where I was like, okay, well, now you're telling me how I can how I can dress, because I was an eccentric kid. Like, I'm an eccentric adult, and, like, it started there. Yeah. And that that kind of continued that, and in middle school I discovered, you know, oh, there's a there's a word for queer and gay and all this, and, like, as the years went on, then that was, you know, we're outside of a Planned Parenthood. And so I was never confirmed, because following between my first communion and what I, when I would have been confirmed, I had all these little alarm bells going off internally and all these signals from the secular world that like something something about this just felt wrong to me. And that's throughout that process is when I started asking questions. So that it's it's so interesting to me because the hearing that is is so just so just it's it, it's i just said I so many to, things too i like yeah, i talk I, talk for a long time no 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 no. that's not it. I, i'm trying to figure out how to word like to have like we've talked about our so we've talked about the aftermath of like what our tra- how our trauma has left us mm-hmm. and it seems so very similar to like what we like what we're dealing with the effects that trauma has had on our brain the 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 you know how you know PTSD living with PTSD but then to hear your experience with religion be like completely different mm-hmm. in the sense that like the brainwashing for me for my, in my experience started so early that I didn't even never once did I think about the fact that I had the right to ask questions mm-hmm. like I didn't realize that till I was well into my 20s yeah again you know? I think I had the odd advantage of not only going to public school unlike my sister and like being exposed but yeah yeah but with my with my parents divorce like my mom was studying like a completely different world that you know of of course I was a little girl of course I loved my mom like Mm -hmm. you know my my home life was is a whole nother (laughs) another tale that we won't tell here but you know I was a little girl who loved my mom and wanted to trust both of my parents so I'm hearing you know not only the the regular parts of divorce of like oh, you know, your other parent is terrible for this and that and the other reason. But then there was this whole religious element to why they didn't work out. And it was essentially, you know, hearing that everything my mom did, all these things that made me feel very peaceful. Like I remember my mom tucking me into bed at night and saying, beauty, joy, and harmony is always around you. And it always made me so so peaceful. Whereas when my dad tucked me in at night, he would say, may God bless and protect you. So one thing, beauty, joy, and harmony, I was like, oh, that, that, that feels spiritually really good. And then may God bless and protect you. And I had this thought from a little kid of like, well, what if he decides not to? What is he protecting me from? Yeah, from, from what? And then, you know, this concept <laughs> of, <laughs> this concept of the secular mm. world and like, especially as I got older and, you know, sexuality kicks in, puberty happens, I am going to public school, like, because the other worlds, the world outside of our church was so villainized. I had no tools to understand or protect myself. And because of that, got into, you know, some some dicey situations that caused bigger problems. And Mm -hmm. then there's a whole, one thing that works great about Catholicism, I'll hand him this, the, the guilt cycle 
work so well. They teach you how to feel guilty from a young age, which leads me to my point of confession. For those yes. who don't know, confession in Catholicism is where you go into a booth with a priest and you hear the, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. You tell them how long it's been since your, your last confession. And then you have to list, you have to list every single sin that you have committed. Every single one that you've committed since your last confession. And then you pay a penance, which I know. <laughs> Come in with a book, a novel. <laughs> yeah, so I've lied. I've... Pardon uh, me, Father. Um, how 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 long is your shift today? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to cancel the rest of your appointments, please. I got so many sins, but oh, and that's what's great about it. So you, I, I alphabetize them. I'm just gonna start with A and go down the list. Uh, don't worry. There's one for every letter. <laughs> a is for adultery, and B is for blasphemy. C is for cursing God's name in vain. Oh, uh, God. No, but that's what's great. So you, you confess all of your sins, every single sin in this, in a closet with a man. The irony. <laughs> the pure irony. The look, the look <laughs> we all just shared was beautiful, viewers. It was wonderful. Just the, Yeah, you go in a closet with a man. I mean. And you tell him every bad thing you've done recently. <laughs> I mean, we all. <laughs> Now that you mentioned it, maybe I'm a Catholic because I've confessed a lot of things in a closet with a man. <laughs> Been there, done that, honey. <laughs> Call me a Catholic. <laughs> I've been a man in a closet once myself. <laughs> Father, son, holy ghost. <laughs> Is that all it takes to be a priest? Oh, I'm feeling the spirit now. <laughs> Confirm me now. I have been confirmed. <laughs> okay, no, that's not even the wildest part, though. You go in, you tell this man everything, then you have penance, which is usually penance. something. Penance. Yes, so you. Penance. Penance. What is that? Penance. It's not. What is penance? <laughs> penance you, is <laughs> how you're going to atone for your sins. So the, the belief in Catholicism is once you go to confession, you are fully absolved of all your sin. Oh, thank God. And But you can only be absolved. <laughs> you can only be fully absolved on two conditions. One, that you pay your penance, which is usually like a set number of prayers. Like usually it's 10 Hail Marys or something. And it's often followed up by a day or several of fasting. Yeah, to cleanse your body and spirit. The second consequence is you are absolved if and only if you confessed all of your sins. So if you go to confession and I say, I lied and I took the Lord's name in vain. I go, I pay my penance, I'm absolved. I go to bed that night and I remember, oh, you know what? I had an adulterous thought or I was disrespectful to my father. My entire confession before that is null. Null. If you forget even one, it's null and void. So you have to literally keep, you have to keep a tattle list on yourself when you're Catholic to go to confession and have it work. But, but, now this sounds crazy, right? You know why the Italian mafia is Catholic? Oh, so they can just pay their penance. Boom. Mm -hmm. Boom. So you can Damn, man, lie I and should... cheat and murder, but then if you're like, well, I'm going to go to confession. Pay your, pay your penance. You're absolved. Oh, I mean, at this point, at this point, 
that priest would come in on Monday. I'd start my confession. They'd come back on Friday and be like, girl, how long have you been here? <laughs> <laughs> Are you still here? I'll just set up I'd a recording like, oh, booth for you. <laughs> I'm on my 175th Hail Mary, and I'm working. I've got, I'm, I'm going to 562. <laughs> Honestly, a priest would take like one listen and be like, I don't know if I can help you, friend. Like, like I think you're you just. You should find another religion that lets you just say, <laughs> "Please forgive me," and it's just. All... I love. I also love the self harm that they're. Go ahead and go ahead and starve yourself because. Oh yeah, the fasting. You you've sinned, so go ahead and starve yourself. Um, oh, and monitor your every thought because the things that Catholic Catholicism counts as sins, um, uh, masturbation. <laughs> oh, big I'm old. Big head. <laughs> They had a I'm, huge, I'm they had a huge debate in my church about that. About masturbation, like two leaders. I'm sure you two did leaders. debate masturbation very often. I did <laughs> with all of your friends. I masturbated, and <laughs> we ate. had what we call a debate. You know what I'm saying? I debated <laughs> with my friends. Oh uh, yeah, no. We had to have demonstrations to make sure we were debating the correct exactly. topic. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it wasn't even. It was something that like. I didn't know. I'd never heard of masturbation because you don't talk about it. It's a sin. No. Because um, anything that's, because uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. Are you familiar with the seven deadly sins? Is that just a Catholic thing? Very familiar. Yes. <laughs> Not very, personally. Very, I just oh, mean. Just like as a, as a, I know a literature. you're familiar no, personally. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but so like uh, the seven deadly sins are like the main tenets of like if you do any of those things. But a lot, it's like mm. one of those things where it's drag and drop. A lot of sins apply. So like masturbation is seen as. Uh, prideful and gluttonous lustful. and oh. lustful. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's each, like they had their own category. They fell into categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were sometimes, you know, Venn diagram overlaps of these things. Okay. But then like even I remember being a kid, like I said, I hit puberty early, so um my growth spurt hit from like I, ugh, God, like ten to thirteen. I don't think I stopped growing. Like I grew so oh. fast I got scoliosis. Okay. It was terrible. And oh. I remember I was hungry like all the time. In those years. And I come from a family of, um, my immediate family is a lot of uh, short, small people. And I <laughs> am the tower above all of them. And so when I'm going through this growth spurt and like teenagehood, I was just freaking hungry all the damn time. And I would constantly get shamed about it at home. Oh, when yeah. I would eat at the dinner table, it would just be, I would be called a glutton. And mm. I ended I ended up developing uh, an eating disorder for several years because mm-hmm. The, the guilt of gluttony, the guilt of um, indulgence and self-pleasure is so, so frowned upon yeah. in so many mm-hmm. ways in Catholicism. Uh, sexuality, as I was taught it, is in the eyes of God. My sex talk from my dad was the single most traumatic thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> like, bet. oh, my God. He's a doctor, so he sat me down and gave me, like, an anatomical rundown and then was like, you know, I hope you have wonderful sex someday with your husband and i already knew i was queer on in my head i'm like or wife you know it could be it could be that and like can, nothing's... Just, can, there, can there just be a period after i hope you have wonderful sex yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> done which like also still a creepy thing to hear still as a, a teenage weird, girl like, from still your dad weird but not yeah. homophobic <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. you know like Thank we just you. cut one of those things off the end Fuck. exactly so like all these all these things that are like now i know very normal human experiences like i had to learn after growing up in the church that like going through life happy not suffering not feeling guilty for eating or laughing at a joke that's about sex or or something like that like i had to learn that the secular world 
was an evil. However, in so many instances, as I inched over, you know, kind of inched away from Catholicism, because I was so ignorant, Mm -hmm. I would get into into situations where I would be harmed and I would be afraid. So I'd be like, okay, so religion doesn't feel good, but now I don't know how to protect myself. So like there was this period in my life where everything felt dangerous. Because I just yes. didn't know, and and because I was Catholic, I felt guilty about it. You know, yes. Yes. Yep. the the three pillars of Christianity and Catholicism is um, fear, guilt, and shame. Yes, 100%. those are the three pillars that hold it all together. Oh, and yep. baby, do they work? Oh, they yes. work. Oh, and, and effective. I was thinking what I was thinking while you were talking like. You were talking about the eating and then developing an eating disorder. And I had a very similar experience, for, but for different reasons. Um, <clears throat> gluttony was definitely a thing in our church, but because the bad pastor was overweight, he didn't talk about it very often. So mm-hmm. it was very, the things that were <laughs> actually Funny, imagine wrong, that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> the things that were actually wrong were directly related to what the, whoever was in leadership was or was not doing, you know? Mm. Um, and like, for instance, being queer was horrific in my situation, but when his grandson, when it came out that his grandson had um, molested one of the other, trigger warning, molested another one of the young boys in the church, all it took was for him to do some pre-written, tearful apology, and then everything was fine. Mm -hmm. But for me, I couldn't do no. anything in the church. I was barely allowed to walk through the front door. You know, those, those kinds exactly. of things. But for me, the my my dad fat shamed my mom the entire, which the entire, li- our life growing up, mm-hmm. um, like just body shamed her the, the whole time. And it oh God, yeah. didn't matter what, it didn't matter how she looked or how we looked or what weight she was, what weight we were, yeah. anything like that. It didn't matter. It was just something he could point at her. You know, that that he wanted to point at her for any reason, you know, so I'm not stating anything about my mom. I'm stating something about my dad knows how to be abusive in the most harmful ways, if that makes sense. Well, and And that's the thing is a lot of the, at least in in my upbringing, was the the Bible backed up everything that I was going through, which was... um, you know, a whole lot of it is I like my body was sexualized before I knew my body was sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like the way I was dressed was monitored and it was always such a pain in the ass, especially like when I went through that growth spurt. I remember trying to go shopping with my dad. And since I went to public school, I was like, I want to look cool and fit in, even though we're from like a voluntarily poor family because ding, ding, ding. We had to tithe. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't have any money, we had to tithe 10%, baby. Got like, to. Yep. Got to. Got to tithe. Got to, got to, got to pay your way to heaven. Yep. Yep. Sure do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Minimum and, 10, preferably 20 for in our church. Oh, and in that time, I remember it was so stressful, um, but it was also in a way pivotal. To buy clothes, I had to follow a very distinct set of rules. No skin could show, mm-hmm. like nothing. You couldn't see. I remember going shopping for a dress for a formal event with my dad once. I was like, this one's really pretty. He's like, I can see too much of your back. And I just snapped. I was like, my boobs are in the front. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Like, yeah. it is just skin. It's just a back. Yeah, like, come but you on. couldn't see my back. You couldn't see my shoulders. Skirts had to be uh, at the an inch below the knee or mm-hmm. or um, an inch longer than where your, your middle fingertip falls. You know, in your thigh when you're standing yeah. up. Wow. Um, Look, if, ma- if men are getting off by your ankles, 
Maybe and it's when their I'm, problem. Oh, dude, and when, I, <laughs> when I'm 10 years old, I have to make sure that my pants aren't too, they have to pull an inch away from my skin. My top can't and come more so than telling. two finger lengths. That's so down. telling. Yeah, it's almost like, hmm. And this is uh, a church that, um, I'm coming for you, Catholicism. It's here, it's in the news. This is a sect of religion that is regularly mm-hmm. targeted as being a breeding ground for pedophilia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was an altar kid, but I was a girl, so I was okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm not interested. Well, but it got to a point where like I was doing this dress code stuff that it ended up kind of being a queer awakening for me because after a while I would be shopping and I was kind of a tomboyish kid. Like I loved my pink princess stuff, but especially as puberty hit and I got older and I like was being told, oh, you can't dress like this because it's provocative. I'm like, it is? Like, I didn't know that. So then I started feeling so ashamed of my body that I was like, I'm just going to wear boys' clothes. And so I would go to Kohl's with my dad and be, you know, picking through the the Tony Hawk for boys' rack. (laughs) And that's how I started dressing. And I remember my dad chuckling one day. And I was like, what's funny? He's like, oh, you know, this is my son, Annalise. And I was like, cool. Thanks for that gender crisis yeah. that yeah do i like this do i not like this That's i don't a, i don't yeah. i don't have the capacity to understand yet exactly and it's still like feeling feminine because of that upbringing still something that i struggle with i mean look at what i'm wearing today like oh, i love it yeah i've fantastic. got i've got like a crop top and a short body make body thank you <laughs> um my my dad would shit himself Honestly, if he saw this, but I'm okay with that. It's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like I've had to re-embrace and com- completely revamp what my view of being feminine is. And Everything, it's made me yes. be cool with yeah. like, I'm like, dude, I kind of do walk a neutrality line. Whether that's a side effect of trauma or just how I was born, like, so be it. Like, yeah. I am very comfortable with both sides. However, it's m- harder work to be comfortable with my feminine yes. side because I grew up in such a misogynist in culture yeah. that was telling me like do dishes and never show your shoulders yeah. and definitely yeah. don't have an abortion like all yeah. these things mm-hmm. were dictated for my body from childhood yeah it's insane I love I, how scripture is sorry no, I, no no go ahead I love how scripture is like picked and like you know the leaders of the, whatever church whatever denomination they want to pick and choose what scripture they want to use and well, yeah. lean on. You got to fit mm-hmm. the propaganda. And of course, nobody, everybody always wants to ignore the fact that Jesus told them to gouge out their own fucking eyes if yes. they're lustful for the women. Like, not that yes. the women should fucking change their clothes. Now, no. If you're if you're having issues, sir, fucking tear your eyeballs yeah. out then. Same. When it comes to <laughs> lust, Jesus talks about the person who's lusting, not the <laughs> object of their lust. Exactly. And then he went and hung out with a prostitute. So, yeah. so practice what you uh, preach, baby. It's, it's literally like, no, there isn't scripture to back up what you're talking about. You're just, you're just using this as an agenda because you don't mm-hmm. because you're so misogynistic. You don't want to change. Like men mm-hmm. shouldn't have to change. Men, sh- men are superior blah 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 that's what that's yeah. saying yeah not that there's a lust issue or that women are the object of lust it's that you don't want to do anything mm-hmm. you don't want to fucking do anything it's just misogyny that's well, it and so much of it to actually jump off of what tony was saying so much of it is counterintuitive the way things are selected because i remember being really young and uh, i was a jumpy kid like as a kid i was terrified of halloween for some reason mm. Part of it was because it was so vilified as yeah. being oh, like yeah. a cult and like pagan you're get and everything. By a witch in the woods, which sounds great now. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, that'll be my Friday night. Thank yeah. you very much. I'd love <laughs> to be eaten, eaten by a witch eaten. in the woods. Mm. Wink, wink. Uh oh. <laughs> Boil me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but in Catholicism, I remember Halloween was spent before I could go out trick or treating from a young, young age. 
first we had to go to Mass because it's All Saints Day. Oh, yeah. And for All Saints Day, it's one of, oh, God. Catholics do love leave their it to the, I was going <laughs> to oh, it's leave so... it to the Catholics that take over all all the special, wonderful days we have. Oh, God. OK, so like some of the longest, <laughs> longest services of the year in Catholicism. Good Friday. The Friday before Easter. Good. It's arguable. Yeah. Good Friday. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve mass is like two. Normally mass was about an hour. Christmas Eve mass, two and a half hours in a church with some, I I have like frankincense specific asthma because I grew up Catholic. I'm not kidding. I can't smell it. I hate it so much. Like I smell frankincense now and I'm like, <laughs> like no. I have Catholic. <sighs> I have. Um, Catholic asthma. Catholic asthma. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 um it's enacted by frankincense. Yeah, um, and and uh, myrrh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they asked me at the doctor's. They're like, "What are you allergic to?" I'm like, "Um, epinephrine and frankincense." Yeah, that's about it. And gluten and Christians you know. <laughs> and bad Christians. Yeah, yeah bad Christians, um, not the good ones. So yeah, we know you're out there, good Christians. Good Friday. Uh, what did I just say? Christmas Eve. Any never if you can avoid it, never go to a Catholic wedding. You'll be oh, there forever. God. Oh, oh my God. Hey, I've been to a Jehovah's Witness wedding. That was good enough for me. I could imagine a my, Catholic one. My cousin's wedding um uh was the ceremony mm-hmm. was forty five minutes long. Oh. Just the ceremony. Got nothing on Catholics. No. Nope. <coughs> okay. Story time. Story time. Okay. Please. So y'all know Eaton. My partner. Yes. Our roommate, Tony. Um, they're going to be on the podcast someday. They're going to be on the podcast. Yeah. Because when I can get my shit together and actually schedule things. Yeah. He'll, he'll be here. Yeah. But um, like the first time we went on tour, we went through um, his old hometown where uh, a friend of his was getting married. Oh. Mm-hmm. And he, he was telling me, he's like, oh, I knew this dude in high school. And like he was part of a, a rap collective. He's like, you know, this is going to be a kegger of a wedding. Basically, we get there <laughs> and uh, we check the location and it's St. Ignatius Church. And I'm like, oh, hun, this certainly won't be a kegger. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's at St. Ignatius. He's like, so what does that mean? Again, no religion, yeah. which is why yeah. we all need we all need Eden because he's we all need Eden for perspective. We all need we all. That's why we need Eden on the show. Yeah. Not because he can talk about like toxic religion, but because he can like balance out to bring bring the oh light God. of not yes. having that experience it's so funny because as i tell him pieces of growing up catholic i'll like explain stuff and he'll always go so wait a minute because yeah. he's just so yeah. wait, so what yeah. yeah so we go to this i'm like we're going to a catholic wedding mass it's at a saint ignatius church he's like oh does saint means catholic i'm like yep strap mm-hmm. strap in you're not ready yeah. so you know we get all dressed we go to the wedding and uh it was a very Catholic wedding. It was super formal. The music was, um, you know, sad and flat. Mm-hmm. Catholics do it best when it comes to singing hymns. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all of the readings. It was so great. Sitting next to him. I wish y'all could have seen it. It was one of my favorite days. I'm sitting next to him in the pew, and all the readings are like, and the Lord said that wife is meant to serve her husband. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting next to me shaking his head. He's like, this is fucked up, man. Yeah. This is this yeah. is a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so great. Yeah. And then we're sitting there, and you know, it gets to be communion time. I'm like, okay, so you know, since you're not baptized, uh, you can't, you know, participate in this part. What you can do is you can either uh, walk up with the rest of the group and cross your arms over your chest for a blessing, which is what you do if you can't receive communion that day. I'm like, or you can, you know, wait here in the aisle. And he's like, just do it with he, the middle fingers, touch your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's been, we've been sitting there at this point for an hour, 15 minutes. And oh, we're just now God. getting to the Eucharist. And he's like, I'm like, okay, so you can cross your arms and walk up or you can stay in the pew. He's like, 
do I have to do either of those things? Like, <laughs> can I just leave? Can yeah. I just go? And so I, you know, I did the communion walk and come and sit down. And he's getting all squirrely. Now, for some context, when I was growing up, my family, you were there till the last note of the last hymn for every Sunday mass. Mm-hmm. Even if that meant you missed gathering space donuts, you were there to the last yes. note of the last hymn. Yes. We never exactly. ever left church early. And if you were about to vomit or shit yourself, you waited until they bowed their heads to pray oh, to yeah. leave. It did not matter what your condition was nope. or how what the emergency was. It doesn't matter how bad you got to Until it mm-hmm. was the altar call. I was you about to say. In your fucking pew. <laughs> no. <laughs> those altar calls, though, were long. Dude, we had to talk. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so we're sitting there at this at this Catholic wedding, and I come back from communion. And I, I had this guilty thought. I was like, oh, my God, like, I could leave church early right now. And I look at him, and he's so uncomfortable and rageful. He's like, it's a bunch of pissy old white people here. Yeah. And this is taking forever. What's the deal? I'm like, you know, we could just sneak out to the parking lot right now and just, like, wait it out and, and vape or something. And he's like, well, I, I, he's like, I want to see <laughs> yeah. him kiss the bride, though. Like, I want to see the whole thing. I'm like, oh, that's a good half hour away. He goes, Let's go. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, look at me leaving church early. It was one of my That's, favorite uh, yeah, experiences. I can 100% relate to that of like feeling that like, oh, I could be bad and just oh, not can... bow my head when they pray. Yeah. Oh, I walked into <laughs> I'm that I'm not going to say day. amen. Ooh, yeah. it's so controversial. Oh, I walked in and I didn't genuflect and I was like, look Ooh. at me go. Ooh. Oh, look at Amazing. her. Look at her. Yeah. She's, How did I get out of this story? I'm sorry, you don't. Story? Gender flex? What'd you Genuflect. say? Genuflect. <laughs> she <laughs> gender flex every day. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Genuflect is, um. so whenever you walk into uh, a worship space in Catholicism, when you see the crucifix there, you're meant to get down on one knee and, and cross yourself. And cro- that's, that's so it's like that's the first called. thing you do? That's yeah. the first thing you do when you mm-hmm. enter. Before you take your seat, you walk in, you genuflect. Oh, and in Catholicism, you, you cross yourself with your left hand. Let me tell you why. Oh, it's a very okay. specific. There's so many little like superstitions and mythos oh, yeah. in Catholicism. I believe it. This is why we become witches. Is yes. it like it translates? Yes. It translates yes. so well. Absolutely. But yeah, you cross yourself with your left hand because when you go, you know, spectacles, testicles. When you go watch <laughs> wallet, when you do your left hand, how I just did that, I'm open, I'm open up, and then I cross over. Yeah. So as opposed I'm to open chest, as opposed to with your right hand, because when you do it like mm-hmm. that. You're summoning the devil because you are crossing out no your wonder. heart. <laughs> this leaves your heart open to God. Left hand leaves your heart open to God. Right pushes it down to say it's there's so many like little tiny things you got to do. Love that. I oh, yeah. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but we've done I do the and I, I say mother, daughter, Dolly Parton. Mother, daughter, Dolly Parton. And What's I do the other one right you do? Hand. Uh Father, Son, House of Gucci. I love Father, that Father, Son, one. House of Gucci. That's from yeah. Lady Gaga from uh, the House of Gucci, the movie House of Gucci. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. We love it. What do we also come up with? We just came up with... Um, oh, um... Oh gosh, we literally just said it. Oh, All I remember Dolly, Elvira, Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Coolidge. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that's the, that's the, the holy the trinity. Side of the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, love that. So options, we options, we like to have options. Yeah, our, we like to have options for our gods. You know what? Our, I think my option right now. Do you want to listen to a song? I was literally. Oh, I don't know <laughs> if that song has inspired me or triggered me, but. <laughs> <laughs> that is from the but, Toxards but out of LA. Please go look up everything they've ever made on the internet. They are amazing. You know how uh, uh, a lot of places that um, uh, play music, they do song suggestions. So if you're playing a song and you know you've got your thing that you're using, it'll do a song suggestion. Mm-hmm. The song suggestion, the next song that, that this uh, 
that that they suggested was uh, let's have a satanic orgy. <laughs> That's yeah. hot. Yeah. On topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I Perfect. feel like that is very appropriate for for this group. Um, well, whatever do you mean? <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> is that a proposition? <laughs> well, I was gonna say that I was like, it's very appropriate for this group, and then I realized, like, way to way to tell on us. Wow. Well, not <laughs> really, because like we've talked about it on the podcast that like I, I think we've talked about it on the podcast that what well, at least that I have satanic orgies. No, that 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 uh, I'm demisexual at least somewhere on the asexual spectrum. Yeah, same. And yeah, so like it actually the satanic part, yes, the orgy part, maybe not so much. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. good. I just thought, I just re- as soon as I said that, I was like, well, actually, it's not. Well, and to be demi and an introvert, an orgy just to me, I'm just like. That sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like that's <laughs> so. Oh my god, that's so funny because I have thought people talked about like orgies or their sexual experiences or the blah blah blah, and I'm like, it, that sounds exhausting. If there's so many people there, and then I have to talk yeah. to them, and like, what if they don't? And then it's sweaty, and then there's it's yeah, there's body and fluids and, and like just the the planning. I'm like, uh, I'm okay. Did you, did you guys want to hear a joke? I I just oh, remembered please. it. Yes. Um, okay, so three three queers. Um, Go to a radio show. Okay. Uh, one, <laughs> one a former Catholic, one a former Baptist, one a former uh, Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, perfect, perfect segue. I wanted to tell this joke today. Yes. Um, my yes. my grandma again, my best friend. She was a practicing Catholic and was devout. She was also self aware of a lot of the hypocrisy and Catholicism, and this was her her favorite joke. Um, so a man dies and goes to the pearly gates and he meets St. Peter, one of the Pokemon, who's going to walk One of the Pokemon. Yes. One of the Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to catch the Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. And so a man dies, goes to the pearly gates and meets St. Peter. And St. Peter says, welcome to heaven. Come on in. I'll show you around. And as they're walking down through heaven, there are all these long tables with people at them. And the man says, uh, they go by one table and the man says, St. Peter, who is this? He said, oh, those are those are the mormons oh mormons get into heaven keep walking saint peter who's this oh those are the baptists oh baptists get into heaven keep walking saint peter who's this oh those are the buddhists oh buddhists get into heaven they keep walking and then they come to a brick wall and the man says saint peter what what is this wall doing here and saint peter goes oh the catholics are on the other side they think they're the only ones up here Uh, love you, Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> that was her favorite joke. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> Across the hall would be another wall with the Pentecostals on that part. And Baptists. They're we there. All, <laughs> we all thought we were the only ones going. Oh, fuck you know yeah. Our church kind like, like, not explicitly, yeah, but implicit, like, like when you kind of soft imply, <laughs> whatever that term is, kind of like implied that our church was kind of really the only people going to heaven. Like we did, we knew you that we, we, knew we could then. say that. See, the Baptists believe that Catholics straight up the devil. Same. Okay? Pentecostals, but also Pentecostals were full of demons because y'all spoke in tongues and shit. Didn't Baptists? Uh, certain Baptists. Weren't you a Southern Baptist? We didn't speak in tongues at the church I was growing up in. Really? I started getting into that when I be- uh, got when you more, went to Bethel. More char- yeah, yeah, Bethel, more Bethel. charismatic mm-hmm. side of. Christianity. Christian. You Is know, it okay I was... to say that? Should I edit that out? What? To say what church you actually went no, to? You, no, where, no, you don't okay, have to. Okay, go on. Been... Tony's got his enemies and knows who they are. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fine. We... <laughs> Look, it's been known. <laughs> All right, remind me It has been known. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, you know, cool. Sorry. Interesting. So on the topic of heaven, we were talking about this at home the other day. Um, was it you and I? I think we're talking about um, purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. We were. Ta- so I didn't know until recently that purgatory is just a Catholic thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, you're familiar with the concept. I'm right? familiar with the concept, but that was one of the reasons why we knew Catholics weren't going to church. Exactly. I mean, going well, to <laughs> so I was explaining <laughs> yeah. to I was explaining to Eden, my partner. He was like, so what exactly is purgatory? It's like a it's like a, a limbo. Right. And I'm like, no, there is a difference between limbo and purgatory. So limbo previously uh, in the Catholic Church was a place where unbaptized souls went. So ba- basically like babies or people that yeah, like didn't get a chance to be Purgatory's baptized. Purgatory is full of babies? No, no, no. Limbo was full hell. of was full of babies, babies <laughs> that were unbaptized or uh, terminated early. Oh my purgatory. God. Purgatory is heaven's waiting room where you go and you wait in purgatory for us long as it takes for you to be cleansed of sin before you can get into heaven so catholics believe everyone <laughs> who dies that doesn't go immediately to hell goes to purgatory how long and do you have to wait to be cleansed? i'm like imagining a that's dmv the, it depends <laughs> it's exactly like the dmv oh my god that's beautiful <laughs> and you've got marge yeah. behind the desk being like next next <laughs> number 437 it's, it's like that List scene in sins, beetlejuice please. you know where they're yes, just kind of like yeah yes. exactly <laughs> exactly no but here's the kicker so you wait in purgatory for as long as it needs to be and then you get judged you can still get sent to hell you could wait in the dmv well that's still five hundred sixty-two years and then you yep. still go to hell and then you know what's great? Recently, uh, one of the popes addressed that um, limbo actually isn't a thing. Babies just go, unbaptized babies basically just go directly to heaven. I'm like, oh, we can just. We can just say that? We can just change, change the, the rules? rules. Yeah, well, we've been doing We've been changing the rules for yeah. years. And yeah. that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have form number 437? You don't have form number. That means you sinned. Are yeah. you going to have to go to the back of the yeah. line, sweetie? Denied. Oh, and we had a thing when I was growing up as a form of penance. Um, whenever you have to do something that you like don't want or a medial task, menial task, excuse me. Like I would help my dad with data entry mm-hmm. and I'd be like, this is so boring and mind numbing and this feels like punitive. And he'd be like, well, time out of purgatory. <laughs> and yeah, I kid you not. We would like joke about it. It was like, well, this suffering is time out of purgatory because oh, suffering is a suffering is a, well, that would be like, exactly. that would be like a crown in heaven for us. It's jewels in the crown. Jewels in the crown. Like. It's like it's like it's to the same tune as bees in the trap. <laughs> <laughs> Jewels in the crowd. Jewels in the crowd. That's how I'm at a purgatory. There's a specific prayer when you pray a rosary. That's like, do, are y'all familiar with like how a rosary works? Uh, vaguely. Vaguely. Uh, okay. Isn't like each bead a different prayer, so you're there for like seven hours. <laughs> Isn't yes. that how it goes? In, in a way, yeah, you're right. So, you know, you've got the, first of all, it looks like a necklace. You never, yes. ever wear it as a necklace. That's super sacrilegious. Oh. So if you ever see someone who's supposedly Catholic in a movie wearing a rosary, it's They're like, a fraud. Eh. Yep, yep, someone didn't know that research. Mm-hmm. No, you never do that. It's like seen as super disrespectful. But yeah, so there's. So when you, they wear it around their hand, that's, is that Their hand like that? on the belt. Yeah, that's, gotcha. that's how it's done is it's more of, and I, it's weird because, um, rosaries weirdly like though i hated them as a kid they weirdly kind of taught me how to be mindful like it is a it is a form of mindfulness practice and like i still will kind of do like a mantra time i will count out my mantras the same way i used to count out a rosary but yeah you alternate between um the our father and the hail mary and then there are a few opening prayers that like I don't know. I can barely even remember. Yeah, totally. And then you can just like tack on prayers at the end. And it's like, and this is for the souls in purgatory. And this is for the souls of aborted children. And that, 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 And it's like, y'all just keep adding new things. Every day. It's, 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 it's a lot of. complicated enough? We don't need any more. As I explained to Eden, I'm like, <laughs> Catholic Catholicism is a lot of lore. 
to keep up with. It's just oh, yeah. a lot. The War of the Angels, that's a whole thing. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, Baptists were all oh. about that, too. I could fill a whole episode with the War we of the talk, Angels. Uh, we should talk about Catholicism for this book that I'm going to write, Never Someday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this fiction that I'm like basically retelling my experience through Pentecost Pentecost with Pentecostalism and creationism mm-hmm. um, through the fiction through a fiction lens of like how it actually happened and Ooh. and you know the god of death and the god of life are are like the ones keeping balance and death is the good guy and life is the bad guy but it but it it sets it up for that for the uh for the structure of how Jesus is always viewed as the um of the good guy and Satan is always viewed as the uh, viewed as the bad guy mm-hmm. but like first of all you know, God of life isn't Jesus. That wasn't the real story. And then death isn't the bad guy, you know, because you need life and death for balance. So it's that kind of like, like, um, breaking down that, uh, kind of like breaking down the structure that we were taught in Pentecostalism of of how, Mm -hmm. what right and wrong is, what good and bad is, what, you know, uh, like evil is and what it, it, what it isn't. And, and, explaining that contradicting that by kind of explain like how the world actually is and that there's you know it's not all about there's it's not just black and white it's not just good and bad it's not just those kinds of you know that it's not that uh binary Mm -hmm. you know it's it's very different and what we've been taught is very different and telling that through the a fiction lens with magic you know yeah so and i would love to have like it then I'm and working we'll, on it. Yeah, we'll I'm working on it. I'm like at chapter four. I'm, there, I'm close. That does lead me to a question, though, that I'm curious. As I talk about the War of the Angels, and we mentioned Satan earlier in this, I, again, had very little view of other religions growing yeah. up Catholic and mm-hmm. have studied on my own. How do Baptists and Pentecostals view Lucifer? Do you want to start, Tony? Shut up. <laughs> Lucifer, how uh, so? Lucifer is like the most beautiful, wonderful, mm-hmm. perfect being that God loves so much, loves more than anything in this world. <laughs> and then Lucifer got a little uh, wanted wanted to get some of the recognition because he was the one that carried the prayers back and forth in the worship. And mm-hmm. he's viewed as an angel. The worship back and forth. Yeah, he's he an, an angel. angel. Okay. Yeah, from so God and the beings. Yeah. Okay. And then um, he kind of kept some for himself. And hmm. God said, No, thank you. Not today. Interesting. Not today, Satan. Sorry. Sorry. What about Pentecostals? Similar, but we were taught that uh, Lucifer was uh, the worship leader of heaven. Which is why he uses music so much the to tempt us. Yeah, which is why music is the mm-hmm. most um, biggest tool that Satan uses, and that he was beautiful and and was like uh, like God's right hand person, mm-hmm. and um, that he basically uh, started a coup, like started a, uh, okay. <coughs> and was like, why does why does God get to make all mm-hmm. the decisions? Okay. Why is he? Why is it always him? Why can't we have some some say? And like basically, uh, it, and like did that, and then God found out about it and got rid of him, cast and created hell okay. specifically for Lucifer, and sent all of the angels and Lucifer to hell, and it was supposed to hell was wait only all of the angels. 
all of the angels that followed Lucifer. Oh, oh, oh So oh. all of the ones that he that Lucifer was able to. That's like one suicide. third. A third of the angels. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that that <coughs> version's a little mm-hmm. more similar to the and to that, the Catholic lore. That hell was never um, hell was never meant for. Uh, hold on one second. Um, Thank you. Hell was never meant for humans. It was only meant for Lucifer and his angels. Um, but then I don't remember how we got access, but thank God we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty. That one's more similar to the to the Catholic view of Lucifer, because how it was always taught to me was the War of the Angels was like uh, the part of the creation story that we didn't learn about till like after, you know, the Jesus loves me. This I know first communion days. Um, and it was more about how, like, when God created humanity, like, God was content and happy up in heaven with all the angels as his creation. Then one day, just like, he was like, I'm bored, new hobby, let's make humanity. And Lucifer was like, wait, you're going to create these, these beings that you just, like, dictate and control? Like, what's the deal with that? And God's like, how dare you question me? No. And so Lucifer decided to fail. And then you get into the war of the angels with, like, the archangel Michael and, like, the huge, the, the war of heaven and, like, Frankly, I blocked a lot of it out, so I don't remember most of it. But it is, it is fascinating. It's worth a, it's worth a Google if you're curious for a really interesting story. Or watch Supernatural. Supernatural oh, yeah. actually sums up <laughs> yes, that whole War right? of the Angels super well. Isn't, isn't it interesting how I'm like, wait a second, there's someone a Christian definitely wrote this. Oh, Supernatural was a huge <laughs> part of my for like sure. recovering Catholic journey. Yeah, not even kidding. Yeah, like it absolutely. was a huge part of it. So I was like, the stories are kind of interesting. It's very nice. You get some. You get some like religious. You get some religious lore. You get some horniness because everyone on that fucking and show is hot. <laughs> and it's yeah. queer positive because yeah. Dean and Cass are. I ship it. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Misha, I don't know if the 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 guy who plays <gasps> Misha Collins. Misha Collins oh, uh, recently yes. came out as bi, just like at a con, very casually came out as bi. Yes. I know, isn't that great? Yes. I know. I mean, Fantastic. we knew, but like, thank you for saying it. Yeah. Good exactly. for you. Yes. Oh, uh, bless him. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Like immediately <laughs> forgot what I was going to say. I was going to ask you what your what uh, Baptist view was on um, on uh, 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 Satan, but we already went over that, so I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was just so angelic, and now he's not. And now he's not. And yeah. he's out to get us. Oh, that was the thing I was going to. Ah, fuck! That was the thing I was going to say. Sorry, <laughs> the fuck was the thing bonk, I was going to say. Bonk your, um, bonk your mic. Was the um that uh, uh, a meme I saw that said, "Don't forget, people. Uh, Satan was the first one who fought for our rights." Honestly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was grown up told that like like homosexuality is is Satan's vengeance. On mm. God, which kept me in the closet for a uh, good, good long yeah. time. Yeah. Good long time. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not not the vibe. I didn't want to come out because I was like, oh, if I say this, I'm going to be, I'm I'm evil, basically. Like these, these coming out. Did speaking you of, coming yeah. out. Spe- yeah. Speaking of evil. <laughs> speaking oh. of. That reminds me. I need to call my friend. Speaking <laughs> of. <laughs> You're right here. All your friends I are know. right here. Speaking of evil. <laughs> uh, would you like to share your coming out story? Oh yeah, uh, that's interesting. I would interesting. love that. I yeah, would love to hear you I mean, like most people, my my queer journey has been a long one. Uh, you know, initially when I first knew I was queer, it was very much like a from birth thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my first queer memory is uh, that's. It's, I'm sorry to interrupt oh. you. I I would write and you. That no, that's is cool. Just... It was just very important, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's fine. I was getting vulnerable, but you yeah, know what? let's you know what? about you. I'll just turn my mic off. I'll just mute myself. You guys this continue. Is, look at me. Look at me. Oh, this, is, this is our show now. Oh, we're yeah, keeping bye. her around. <laughs> yeah, she's going to take my place. Why don't you just come over and sit here? You want to use the computer too? Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> I, know, I know nothing about computers. So. Nothing. No. Not at all. Um, what I was gonna add, the just I wanted to comment before I forgot the concept that of the like I knew I was queer immediately mm-hmm. is so foreign to me um, because it, the again the brainwashing started so early that like being queer mm-hmm. was never an option so I didn't even understand like I didn't like I didn't understand attraction I didn't understand his sexuality and also kind of looking back on that I'm like maybe I wow, like, I really do think I'm demisexual or asexual because, like, even sex in, like, fundamentally just wasn't uninteresting to me. I eventually had attraction, but um, but it was just so ingrained into me about that, like, straight was the only option mm-hmm. that I never, it was never like, oh, I knew I was queer, but I knew it was bad. It was just like, oh, this is the particular brand of... of of the t- uh, this is the particular brand of temptation that Satan has used. It has nothing to do with me. Nothing yeah. to do with me. You know. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'm sorry. I just wanted to comment on like just just that. I knew I yeah. was queer when I was when I, uh, from birth. I, it's baffling to me. Just so baffling to me. I Amazing. Mean, Amazingly baffling. I mean, wild. Yeah. First of all, I think I, I love it. I love that you just had that self awareness. Well, it was more of a like. It was one of those things where, again, when I was really young, it was only like the the part of church that I heard about and participated in was all very like lovey and positive. They didn't really like get into that when I was really young. And if they did, like I was too young to understand was kind of what it was. So like I knew I just didn't know that it was a thing. I didn't know there was a label for it. Like I was surrounded by heterosexuality. I grew up in the conservative Midwest. So like. That was pretty much how yeah, it was, especially totally. being not in the secular world. Like yeah. it was just yeah, well, but straight people. Christian or otherwise, everyone yeah. was straight, right in the Midwest, <laughs> or, or deep, deep in the closet. Like yeah. I definitely didn't. I was not surrounded by uh, queerness at yeah. all, at all, just because of the community. Okay. Um, but yeah, I remember being really young and like, you know, I had I had a female babysitter, totally had a crush on her. You know that kind yeah, of thing. Totally, like I didn't know, absolutely. but like my my earliest queer memory is uh going through Walmart or Target or something like that in the cart with my mom and there was a I'm this many years old there was a VHS copy of Star Wars the Phantom Menace there and I just I just uh, I know I know first of all Padme Amidala get your lore right yeah, yeah. she's hot yeah first of all oh. like you're like this is how old I am there was a VH copy of the Phantom Menace I'm like bitch <laughs> I had a VH copy of 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 Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I had, I had a I had a VH copy of. You like, had that shit on eight track, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. It was. We- you had it on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day. Back in my day, we didn't have VHSs. We just thought about it a lot. <laughs> Someone well, described do. it on TV. I remember being in the cart and like seeing it there, and I saw. Natalie Portman and all her Padme yeah. Amidala get up. And I was like, Mom, I want that. And I, I was a really well-behaved kid, but I, like, kicked and screamed and begged for it. And my mom's like, sure, it's Star Wars. Like, why not? Yeah, totally. Like, thanks, Mom. You were the birth of the nerd dumb. It was going to happen. Oh, yeah. But uh, I remember going home and, like, watching it with her. And, like, Phantom Menace for a six-year-old, like, it's so political. But I was like, yeah. ooh, Jedis. And, like, there's, a, there's another kid. It's the first mm-hmm. time you really see, like, a child in the Star Wars universe. So yeah. I was like, this is accessible. And I remember watching it and seeing... Just Natalie Portman. 
And I was like, mom, she's so pretty. And my mom's like, yeah, she really is. I'm like, no, mom, <laughs> she's so pretty. Did to your this mom know? Did she know? Okay, so that's what, fast forward a few years, um, you know, being in public school, like, I, I had, I had like, crushes and everything. I, like, I mostly had crushes on boys. Like, it was something I didn't think about, but I did have crushes on girls. And it wasn't until maybe, like, around the time of my first communion, so, like, five, six or something, was mm -hmm. the first time I really heard the word gay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, and just the way it was described to me, I don't remember it super vividly, but I remember getting this whole impression of, like, oh, that is, that is otherness. That is an element of the secular world. And it's not mm -hmm. something, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, so maybe I, like, shouldn't say this out loud kind of thing. And then as we... You know, I remember hearing all kinds of homophobic things when I was growing up. It's like, oh, you know, this actor is so talented. Too bad they're gay. Yeah. Mm. Like, this person is, like, such a great musician. Too bad she's a lesbian. And I was like, oh. And it just became something that was, like, very shame. This from the girl who, like, when I was in the cradle, my mom's playing Melissa Etheridge. Like, it's her <laughs> fault. <laughs> it's her fault, honestly. She um, done cast that spell from day one. That, exactly. That darkness was already seeping into you immediately. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those things where I was like, I always knew... I just didn't say it out loud, A, because I didn't have the language, and B, because there was this kind of impression in mm -hmm. the world and the community I was in that it was not okay. And then I remember being in middle school, and I met um, my first girlfriend, and uh, who is now non-binary. Like, mm -hmm. congratulations, we oh. are still friends. Yeah, yeah, we are still friends. But, yeah. like, uh, at the time, she really, like, we... We cared about each other so much. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was head over heels in love with her. She was my best friend. And, like, I, I just loved her. And she's like, we should be we should be girlfriends. I'm like, see about that. Yeah. I would love to. Um, My dad would freak out. You know, it was one yeah. of those things where I was like, I can't, I can't be doing that. And, yeah, it must have been, like, I don't know, eighth grade, something like that, seventh or eighth grade. And I was like, I hadn't even had, like, my first boyfriend. But I remember, you know, my first, my first kiss was with a girl. Oh. Yeah, but truth or <laughs> truth right, or mine so too. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, we're lesbians. <laughs> I'm not. Well, that explains so much. Oh we're all God. coming out today. Oh, everybody's doing it. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it was one of those things where it was just kind of like I knew, but like it was it was just kind of another thing. It wasn't For something sure. I thought on. But then when like she told me, she's like, "Let's be girlfriends." I'm like. See, I don't know about that. And I remember she was she went to a different school than me, but we were like texting throughout the day. And all this stuff. And uh, my mom picked me up from school. And I was just like, I was trying to explain this. I was like, you know, I don't feel safe. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a very different person at, at school in what I thought of as the real world than my home world. They were so separate for me. Like to the yeah. point where, you know, I was talking about that dress code thing. I would do my dress, dress code checks in the morning before I walked out the door. I would get to school and I had my like, I would, I would, you know, have my nice khaki pants and my little Land's End sweater and like this whole bit. And I'd get to school. And then in my locker, I'd pull out my yes. Hot Topic skinny yes. jeans and my band T-shirt. I'd put on my eyeliner in the mm -hmm. girls' bathroom, like, and I would turn into, like, actually me. Yes. So I was trying to explain to her, I'm like, this is such a, you don't know how separate my life is. You don't, yeah. you don't realize how divided I live. Um, and I was a little more myself with my mom, just because she wasn't a patron of Catholicism at that mm. time or, or ever, frankly. Um but yeah, my mom picked me up from school that day and I was like super stressed out and my mom could tell. She was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Talk to me. Talk to me. I was like, no, no, I don't want to. Like, I'm, I'm having angst, mom. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. And she just kept pushing me and badgering me. And finally, I was like, I think I'm queer and I don't know how to come out to dad. I think at the, at the time I identified as bi. Um, okay. I, I identify as pan now because we learn. Everyone's, we learn and grow yeah, exactly. what, what works for us. But I was like, and I don't know how to come out to dad. 
and I just like burst out with this and it kind of got quiet in the car and I was like, and I guess I just came out to you. Yeah. And there was this moment and my mom just kind of thinks for a second and she goes, okay, two things. First of all, I figured. (laughs) 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 And like, if you see me as a, if you saw pictures of me as a kid, you'd be like, oh Oh, yeah, yeah. that kid's queer. (laughs) Yeah. Heck yeah, buddy. (laughs) And she was like, you know, I figured, and my mom, my mom, uh, lived in New York in the 80s. So queerness oh, was yeah. not, my mom volunteered for the AIDS network, like all her clothes. Oh, she was wow. kind of she was kind of a, a hag, if you'll excuse yeah. the phrase, for like a lot of her life and everything. Um, and I'd kind of heard about that a little bit, but my mom was also kind of an absentee parent. So it was a back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I come out to her and she's like, I figured, you know, it's okay. Like, that's who you are and that's fine. As far as telling your dad, maybe just don't. Like, he's not, he's not going to get it. And I was like, Oh, well, that's validating. Like, you accept me, but, oh, cool, like, I have to keep hiding. Mm-hmm. And so I did for years. I ended up breaking that girl's heart because I, I started dating a boy because I knew that would be okay. More acceptable. Yeah, that yeah. was the thing. And so I had, I had like, girlfriends throughout high school, but I never, I never called them that. I didn't talk about it at home. I never, like, made it official. As soon as they'd, like, be like, let's make a relationship, I would run the other way. And... Then I started doing that in my in my heterosexual relationships too, yeah. and it just like the the fear of all of it of because um, dating and even just socializing was so hard because my life was so sheltered and monitored like mm-hmm. just that's kind of yes. how it was because I was like do not let the one that goes to public school be exposed to sex or sexuality like it was insane. They, it's the the controlling you know like my parents pulled us out of uh, when I was in. After third grade, before going into fourth, they pulled us out of public school because they started teaching evolution. And so since mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. only believed creationism, they Same. had to pull us out. <coughs> they didn't have to, but that's what they they thought. That's you know? what and, they do. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, going back to what you were talking about, about having, you know, like doing your outfit checks at home and then having your... You My know, real wardrobe. Yeah, your yeah. real wardrobe at school. It's so... One of the things I forget is that learning, like... Being authentic is a skill and like mm. being uh, true to yourself, being true to the world, being and presenting auth- authenticity is a skill. Yeah. And if you haven't been taught that skill, it's very difficult. So I've, and that was something, f- it was, this has been a lesson that's been really hard for me to learn and hard for me to put into words. And so I felt a lot of shame. It was kind of like, the same like reverse shame you know like yeah. shame for you know th- my past but then also shame for not being able to be you know queer enough out enough authentic enough yeah and it was like well i was so used to living that s- you know that that secret life or for me it was more like r- a lot of oppression and repression but then yeah. eventually like you know having opinions with friends of mine but then having different opinions at home and and you know queer people are so used to having to have double lives yeah, having, have, to hide, mm-hmm. having to hide it becomes a habit that they don't learn what authentic being authentic means yeah. so even after they come out so mm-hmm. now they're out and they're proud of who they are hiding is just a habit and it's a, a, an act of survival and yeah. so when you know people are you know I would get well I'd be like oh I really wish I could x y and z like just do it just do it girl just do it you're you know you can do it now you're in control and then I'm like I literally Except would just I be like, though. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, like, you're in asking my me brain, to like reprogram yes. everything I've ever known, and yes. that's not going to happen overnight. And people just often 
people who don't have this kind of experience, uh, religion or not, if they didn't have the experience of having to hide, then they just don't understand what kind of mental block there is or what the, like, you know, it's, it feels like someone's, you know, it feels like me being like, oh God, I really wish I had learned, you know, French in school. You know, I really wish I knew French. And like, just speak it, honey. Just speak it. Just speak yeah. French. Yeah. Just, just speak doesn't, it. It doesn't come like, that. That's not how it works. It is you a have skill. To, it's a yes. It is. Honestly, uh, that's a great comparison is authenticity. Like being your authentic self. Queer or not. Like. That is a learned language. It's absolutely a learned language. Yeah, because you're still defying like everything that is around you in a lot of ways. And yes. it, it authenticity is bravery. It, like, it, regardless it is. of how you're doing it. And yeah. it, uh, authenticity is bravery. Authentic authenticity is um, being self-aware. Authenticity is um, is challenging. It's knowing how to feel safe and and know that you are going to be safe. It knows how it, it's it's uh, knowing how to. Uh, fight back and protect yourself mm -hmm. in, in a lot of these situations. And you just don't, um, you just don't uh, have that skill. That's, that, that's not something that you just naturally know how to do. Well, that's the thing. And you know, the, the back half of that queer story, my, my mom told me not to tell my dad years went by. And then one night it was um, without getting to detail. I was having a bad night and my dad's praying a rosary in the corner while I'm having a bad night. And I just sit up and I go, Dad, I'm queer. Does not look up from his rosary and goes, it's a phase, you'll get over it. That one moment, but that's the thing. That one moment as a teenager, <laughs> we've all got that story, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that one moment as a teenager, I feel like that was the first time I was like, I'm going to be authentically me to the hardest possible person. That was the reaction. And now I still struggle with it. Mm -hmm. Just because oh, yeah. being authentic and then getting a bad reaction in, in any context is traumatizing. It is yes. traumatizing. Yes. You Whether you're buying like a pair of boots you like that are kind of loud and someone's like, those are hideous. You're like, oh, baby, mm -hmm. these are bad boots. Like any form of authenticity. You are not only challenging yourself, but yes. everyone around you to be tolerant, which sadly this world um, is not. Yeah, str uh, struggles with. Uh, yeah, not at mm. all. That's why, you know, we we talked about it before on here. It's not a secret. I'm not a child kid person. I don't like kids. Um, I love my nephews. That's it. And even that's <laughs> like, you know, two to three hour minimum. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it's I, a, it's yeah. a time limit. It's yeah. a game of taboo. I adore my nephews, and but I, I'm not, I don't want to have kids. I don't like kids. I don't want to work with kids. You know, all of that. However... Fucking for the fucking love of everything, can we stop? Um, can well, can we start validating kids on everything? Can we stop yes. this whole like, you know, like oh that doesn't look good on you. Oh that's too tight. Oh that yes. crop tops don't look good. You don't have the body for that. You don't, you know. I don't know if that hairstyle will look good on you. You can't color your hair because you have this kind of skin. You can't wear that because you have these kind of cheeks. Fuck it. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. censoring people Stop and children who are not on. who are not being hateful to be clear there's there's a difference between like censoring someone's expression versus censoring hate i will just yes yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yes 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 immediate self correction yeah when we, when we talk about censoring we're talking about like like diminishing you know yes. like hiding yeah. like like repressing is how i interpreted that you know like just just fucking stop it like mm -hmm. encourage your kids let them be creative let them let them feel good about themselves 
uh, one of the things I didn't comment on because it's not particularly relevant to um, religion, but when we were talking about the the fasting and the eating thing, mm -hmm. my my dad um, was obsessed with money. Never thought we had enough, and we were granted he was raised poor, we were poor, but we weren't as poor as he acted, you know. Yeah, and it's funny. Would, same, mm -hmm. same here. Mind, mind too. Yeah. yeah, it's it's because that's. Yeah, I know you and I have talked about this, Tony, at home. Is it's like it's one of those things where like our families operated. How did we say it? We had this conversation one night. Oh, our families operated in poverty because that was like holier. Oh, that was yeah, that was like a common sure. ground we initially found. Well, one of the I ended up in my late teens, early twenties, um, having some uh, like eating disorder issues because my dad would, as a kid, five, six, seven, eight years old. When he, when anybody commented on how well behaved his children are, they would say something like, "Oh, we take them in a heartbeat. We take your kids in a heartbeat." He would say, "Oh, you bring them back when you have to feed them," because he was making jokes about how expensive it was to feed us because we ate so much. And I remember at around ten-ish years old, I would stop eating when I was still hungry because I felt so shameful. Because my dad was complaining about how expensive I was eating too much, how expensive yeah. it was to feed me. Same. And like that little phrase that I know for a fact my dad didn't give two thoughts about after saying that because he didn't really think about how his words affected people. But that wasn't something <laughs> like if I brought this up to him now, it, he would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Oh, yeah. But Even that changed my life. It, I ended up with an eating disorder because of that. You know? Dude, yeah. In in my mid-20s, I'm still learning to listen to my body's responses of, like, natural responses yeah. of, like, hunger. Yes. And like we were saying before, you couldn't, couldn't walk out of church. Like, I will regularly be like, I need to pee, but I'll do it when. And that's something I'm, like, actively training out of myself. So I'm like, oh, no, I don't have to earn... I don't have to earn my body's physical yes. needs, yes. but so much of how I was conditioned growing up, like anything I would take yeah. in, I ha it had to be earned. Yes. Like, yes, it's and just the whip on the back, is just, yes. especially because it's like always the crushing <sighs> yeah. guilt. Like it, so much, everything has to be earned, and it has to be devout in some way, offered up to God, like. Oh. When I when I left home and I left home pretty young, I left home at seventeen. I remember the first time I had a meal, and I I was a runaway, so I was just so hungry. And I had a meal. I was like, oh my god, this is the first time I've eaten in years where I haven't said grace first. And I felt like that was the day that any sense of actual self actualization yep. began. I prayed over my food for years <laughs> after I left the church and came out years it's I still habit. prayed over my food yeah because yeah, I was afraid I'm like well if I'm wrong at least this food won't kill me and it's reflex <laughs> like so many times I'll be like driving down the street and like uh, uh, someone will turn too soon and I'll be like oh and have to hit my brakes and I'll just be like huh sign of the cross it's it's just yeah. and I yeah. see myself doing it I'm like oh that's a yeah. deep thing like, there yeah. thank you Jesus you know like oh thank you Jesus yeah. like when you when something bad like yeah I've been there before where you're like what, what? I don't fucking, what? No. That's, oh, but it's muscle memory. It mm -hmm. is. It is. It's, it is so deeply ingrained. It's your reactions. You know, it's absolutely, it's, it's, well, well, sweetie, it's trauma is what it is. <laughs> PTSD. Well, yeah. They uh -oh, have babe. a definition for it. Um, 
well, I'm like as much as I don't want to, we have to leave because there's another show coming in. <laughs> but, oh boy, it's that time. But, yeah, it's that, that time, time already? already. I know. Uh, oh my god, um, it's been so fucking amazing having you. I feel like, like we keep saying we're gonna have you back so you can tell your story, and you. We this didn't. is like, <laughs> we didn't. We did, but this is like ten percent of your story. Part one. Yeah, part one well, of seven hundred. Yeah. You're gonna have to come we're back gonna, often, gonna... often. Yeah. Well, I have such a bad time here with you two. I don't know. I know it's so painful. It's like I mean, it's you know I don't it, like it's you like guys. a church service. You're here for two hours and you can barely stand it. First of all, <laughs> everybody no one loves me. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Aries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> Love um, me. You know I, what? I gotta say, Tony. If I'd been in Aries, I probably would have left the church sooner. Gotta say that. Mm. Gotta say that. If you but were in Aries, if I or were you'd in Aries, still be there. I was pretty passionate. Bum, bum. I was pretty fucking passionate. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was yeah. a Jesus freak for a long time. I went up mm-hmm. to. I did the whole praying for people on the streets and everything. I was a Scorpio, and I didn't leave till I was thirty, almost thirty. Okay, we're clearly going to need another episode to just <laughs> compare and contrast our astrological signs and our religious Versus experience. Our re- <laughs> yes, love that. We'll yeah. set a little timer yeah. and be like, "And your turn." Yeah, <laughs> you get forty-five minutes. You get forty-five minutes. You get yeah, exactly. Um, but thanks so much for everyone for listening. Uh, I'm uh, working on getting. Well, Tony and I both are working on getting more episodes uploaded. So if you would like to listen to this um, elsewhere or again. Uh, you can find this show as a podcast. It's our turn, Queers and Cults. Uh, Spotify, Podbean, Google, and Apple all, all have it. You can also follow our Instagram, It's Our Turn Pod. We post uh, when we're doing new episodes. We're starting to post very um, helpful things on our story. <laughs> You have to. Tony's posting some fucking amazing things on there, and I'm absolutely loving it. Honestly, go see the Instagram because like Tony's it's graphic design so, is just oh, like Tony's graphic design is great, and then he finds all these like great sayings and all of these great. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. It's, but, honestly, I go to. I don't even use Instagram. I go to It's Our Turn Pod for motivation. Just the, yeah, yeah, just the <laughs> stories. Like just the, like yes, absolutely yes, yes. Um, and you can also email us if you have questions, comments, or if you have a story you'd like to tell. It's our turn pod at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. This been amazing. Thank yeah, you guys. So Thank you for having me. Oh, I love, I mean, we're friends. We talk about our lives and our stories outside of this. But, Who are you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I said, <laughs> friends. Good friends. Close friends. Uh, Thank you so much, Arden. <laughs> She's a cancer. Thanks so much, Dan. <laughs> Arden, Todd, it's been great. Todd. Signing out. This is Todd. <laughs> uh, but we're definitely going to have to do this again. And, um, yeah, that's going to